think that we have a addiction crisis that's being disguised as a housing crisis. And uh, if you look at the numbers from the city of Seattle and King County prosecutors and law enforcement, uh, some of their estimates are that up to 50% of the homeless are addicted to opioids. That's heroin, fentanyl, and other synthetics. And 80% of the people that are actually unsheltered, people living in cars, tents, and RVs, suffer from substance abuse disorders. And if you look at the numbers, um, only 6% of people on the streets say that it's because of rising rents, while at the same time, 80% of people on the streets are suffering from addictions, and that's the clear cause. Nobody wants to say it, but I think until we really address that, uh, we aren't going to be able to solve this problem. Wow. That's uh, Chris Rufo, and uh, we'll have a little more from him in a couple of minutes, dealing with the West Coast bomb explosion, which is just... Yeah. There you go. Is that our sound effects now for the West Coast bomb explosion update? I would... Yeah. Bum explosion. I almost want to have the bum before the explosion. I don't know. Can we, hear it, th- can we hear it that way? <laughs> can- <laughs> yeah. That sounds like we're blowing up that guy. <laughs> that sounds like we're blowing up bums. I don't know. I Which like is that not one okay. better, though. It's not okay. No, it's not okay. <laughs> That's not what we're doing. That's it's- not the solution. No, listen. <laughs> It's the it's West solution, Coast bum explosion. Nobody's going to take it as a policy prescription. <laughs> it's just an introduction of the feature, the West Coast bum explosion. Yeah. There, <laughs> yeah. That's the one. That's the one. Before you get into this, I wanted to bring this up. Obviously, I'm having trouble getting into it. Yes? Our own Mike Hansen, executive producer, spent three days walking around New York, walked everywhere around New York. How many homeless people did you see in three days in New York City? Six. Six in the entire weekend. I see six. I'll see six picking up my kid from uh, his day camp today Mm. in my small town. Mm. Way more than that. Oh, sure. I I will see six. I might see six walking to my car in the parking lot. Honest to God, that's not an exaggeration. Right. Last time I was in New York, I saw Abum. As I walked around New York, and nobody got in my face asking for stuff. Well, and uh, one might point out that the various beggars that people in West Coast cities see are almost certainly begging for drug money. Uh, Chris Rufo points out in his uh, excellent article in City Journal, which we will uh, furnish a link for, that according to the Office of National Drug Control Policy, the average uh, heavy opioid user consumes little over $1,800 in drugs per month. Even if you're a moderate user, then you're spending somewhere around a grand, I would guess. And uh, that's what they're begging for on the street corner, these soft heads who give them money. That's okay if you're David Crosby and making millions of dollars off your hit tunes yeah, as a drug addict. But if you've if you got no means of income, that's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot of money to spend on drugs. Uh, so to get back to the uh, the opening clip, which I think is extremely interesting... Um, six uh, percent of people listed rising rents or housing prices essentially is the reason they were homeless. Six percent. How does that square, my friends, with the um, the way the problem's been represented to you by the media, by activist groups, or maybe the city council in your town? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well pointed out. Um, the homeless industrial complex, which are, are filtering enormous amounts of money through them. Uh, in an effort to, uh, and and I'm putting quotes around this while sneering, while they're trying to solve the problem. You know, it was funny, in listening to that clip, I was reminded of one of my great overarching political philosophies, and uh, certainly I owe a great deal to Thomas Sowell for this uh, thought, but uh, I think the great... 
contest of our time, politically speaking, is realism versus emotionalism. People who understand reality's difficult, sometimes you have to do things you don't want to do, it's unpleasant, it's hard, doesn't make you happy, but you've got to do it. you got to do the work. Boy, somebody's a wet blanket on National Splurge Day. Oh, boy. And then the people who think that if a policy makes them feel good to say to their friends, that makes it a good policy. And if it sounds good, if it makes you feel generous in your heart, if you're following your heart, never mind. You want to know how we're going to pay for this? How can you ask that when there are people suffering? The great contest of our time is between realism and I don't know. What was the term I used a second ago? It was a pretty good one. Uh, just a, a Emotion. emotionalism. Yeah. You should you should present that. That should maybe should be the opening question for George Will next hour, because he's super into that. Mm, is he? That idea. Okay. So It's funny, looking at our email, a lot of people are looking forward to that chat. A lot of uh, big Trump fans hate George Will. Well, because he, he hates Trump. There's right, no doubt so. about it. He's, but he's, that's fine. You know what? Here's, here's a hint for you about life. It's not going to hurt you to listen to him. If you uh, if you have your mind changed, well, then you have uh, learned something. You've improved yourself. And if you continue to disagree with them, you have further honed your ability to disagree with them effectively. Well, and I don't know You'll about Joe. You'll be okay. I don't know about Joe, but I had no intention of having Trump enter the conversation at all. Mm, I'm telling you, it's it's difficult not to. Anyway, moving along. So it's it's realism versus emotionalism to me. And the emotional argument is is a powerful one in a lot of these things, including homelessness, because these people are freaking pathetic. But if you are going to move toward a solution, it's got to be absolutely drenched in realism or you are wasting taxpayer money, which is immoral. Can we hear clip number two, please? You may find this interesting. The, the real thing is, Chris is that Rufo. I think the kind of ideological factions that are in kind of the dominant position in California, Portland, Oregon, Seattle, Washington, they don't want to say there's an addiction crisis because it conflicts with their social justice ideology um, that the homeless are kind of virtuous victims of an oppressive society. Um, and it, they also want to avoid what they call stigmatizing addiction. So rather than confront the problem with clear eyes and really digging into it, um, they've chosen to ignore it. If you go on Mayor Eric Garcetti's website in L.A., he has a, a, a kind of an outline of the six causes of homelessness. Not one of them is drug addiction. Wow. So they've, they've adopted a policy of denial and deflection, um, and the results you can see on the streets, it's absolutely not working, and it's a catastrophe. Wow. It's one thing to not emphasize the drug addiction, which clearly is what should be at the top of the list, but to not even have it among six causes of homelessness. Right. right. Is, how, uh, how great an illustration of that, of emotionalism, is that? They're afraid, well, we don't want to stigmatize this, or we don't want to make people less sympathetic toward that, or just, it's all about manipulating emotion. And what it Chris does make Roof, you less sympathetic. If yeah. I, if I see, if yeah. I see people out there on the street and I think our awful system has forced them into this, you got to have a different view of them than if you chose to get hooked on drugs and it sucks to be hooked on drugs, but this is your life, dude. Get yeah. out of my way. I'm going to my car. Right. But I just I think that's such a beautiful illustration. Chris Rufo doesn't have a hateful bone in his body. He's a West Coast guy. He uh, happens to live in uh, Fremont, California, and and he's talking about solutions, helping people, 
but from a realistic point of view, not an emotionalistic point of view. I don't know what that would be. I'd like to hear what he would say it would be. You are right. And not when, when do you ever hear anybody say wasting taxpayer money is immoral? It is immoral. Yeah, but spending, of course it is. Spending, I'd rather you did nothing than spent taxpayer money on something that does no good. Nothing is better than that. Right. Right. Nothing is a win for society compared to wasting it on something that doesn't approach to the, the problem. So, city of Seattle, uh, cops in the city attorney uh, are estimating that of the unsheltered, about 80% of them are substance abusers. 80%. Here's what Gil Garcetti in Los Angeles said causes homeless homelessness. Housing shortage, stagnant wages, cuts to mental health services, domestic and sexual abuse, shortcomings in criminal justice, and a lack of resources for veterans. So nothing I, about drug abuse. So I guess his argument would be any or multiple of those things drove people to drugs, and that's why. And now they're yeah, he might offer that argument. I you know I've known plenty of people who've uh, drank excessively, done drugs, whatever. Um, no, 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 Gil. That's. I mean, I appreciate your concern, but you can't approach it from that perspective. We're going to solve all of people's problems. Then they will not be drug addicts anymore. That's not the way addiction treatment works. I mean, you might work on stuff while you're working on the addiction. Uh, this, you know, I, I think one of the real keys to this, and this gets back to the realism versus emotionalism argument, is because of sympathetic urges, emotional urges, And I'm not for some sort of emotionless, you know, dystopia. Trust me. I just believe in balance and realism. Um, It's absolutely undeniable that when you remove the disincentives to negative behavior, you will get more of that behavior. Without a doubt. I have three kids. Maybe some of y'all have a couple, two, three, four kids, whatever. I want you to picture this. You got your son, your daughter, whatever, they're of a, a bit of a slacker uh, uh, character, you know, they're not terribly ambitious, whatever, maybe they're uncertain about what to do with their lives. You let them live with you at home at age 27, 28, and maybe you do. Not only do you let them live there, you let them live there rent-free. You have, you know, that's is that a positive or is that the removal of a negative? A cost... Is a cost a negative? They're similar. So you've removed the cost of living there. You're letting them live there rent-free. Not only that, you're still giving them 150 bucks a month allowance. And because that's not a lot, you're buying their pot for them. <laughs> wow. Are you going to get more of kids living at home and staying there or less of it? Come on now. Through this misplaced idea of sympathy and compassion... Seattle has been the great leader in this. San Francisco, too. Um, uh, and, and increasingly L.A. But Seattle's astounding. What a wonderful, wonderful city, which has gone completely off the rails. They are letting their kids live at home rent-free, giving them allowance, and buying them their pot. In that, any negative repercussions for being a drug user... For being a bum, a vagrant, living in a park, begging, hitting up tourists, 
passing out on a sidewalk. All these things that society has always said, you can't do this, and if you do, we're going to throw you in the drunk tank or run you out of town. We've removed all of those disincentives, and now we have way, 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 way more of it, and people are scratching their heads. What do we do? What do we do? Man, I say go old school. I don't want cops busting anybody's heads. Always preserve people's civil rights. Always. But, God, this this ridiculous, soft-headed, soft-hearted, and judges, judges are behind a lot of this idea that, well, you can't prevent people from camping in front of a business. It's their right to use the sidewalk, too. I mean, that is just emotion without logic. We've got to move back to realism. And, you know, what's really interesting is you have these super bastions of emotionalism over realism on the West Coast. A lot of them have gotten so fed up, realism is making a comeback. So maybe there's hope. Well, that's our West Coast bum explosion update. I'm sure we'll be back. We might be back later today, let alone tomorrow. Yeah, no The latest round. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Lots of suggestions on what I should do with the baby teeth since I I brought one into work the other day. Oh, yeah. Well, you got a bag full of them, right? uh, among Among other things on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. So we're going to have a little more on uh, the whole homeless situation later in the program. Not to beat you over the head with it all right now, so we'll spread it out a little bit later. But um, there is a group. If you don't deal with it, you're going to be beaten over the head literally for your stuff as property crime is surging and personal crime as well. So there you go, huh? Um, I didn't look up what's the what's the 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 story. Papa John's had a problem. Remember, they got the owner, the pizza place. He started with his Camaro driving around, and did he have a Me Too thing or something? Something? No, happened? it was a. I believe it was N bomb related. Oh right, yeah. Oh, on a conference call, if I recall. Anyway, did so, he make like a bad joke or something? He, it's remember. hard to say what was going on there. Yeah. He seemed to be under a lot of stress. Anyway, he left the company. And so their new spokesperson, they're completely rebranding. He's on the board of directors. He owns nine of them and plans to buy a whole bunch more. And he's going to become their celebrity spokesman is Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal is going to be the face of Papa John's Pizza from here on out. Papa Shaq. Which uh, he said, everyone likes pizza and pizza loves everybody. (laughs) There you go. So hard to argue with that. And who's more likable than Shaq? And I used the example yesterday of how Shaq would be an equivalent of what O.J. Simpson was when I was younger. Just kind of a likable, he was a great athlete, and just kind of a fun, everybody would like to be around him sort of guy. Juice! O.J. Simpson, who now has a Twitter account, and we came across this tweet, which is hilarious. Wow, just had to unfollow O.J. He's funny on Twitter, but give him a Google, and you will not like him anymore. (laughs) Wow. Just some random dude with like a thousand followers just crafted that gem of a tweet. (laughs) That's funny. Dry and hilarious. So I brought in one of my son's teeth last week as he's a, he's a third grader, so he's losing the big ones in the back. I, I prefer to describe it as Jack has boxes full of body parts. And uh, the, I, I was the tooth fairy, and so I left the money and candy um, under his pillow. and Candy again. Ironic. And just brought the tooth to work because I didn't want to accidentally leave it it's around like the house. like the lung fairy leaving a pack of smokes. So I was asking, what do I do with this tooth? <laughs> the, there's a lung fairy? Ew. Um, 
what do I do with this tooth? And we had lots of uh, moms and grandmas uh, join in. Um, with, you know, saving them and how cute it was and all that sort of stuff. You saved them stem cells for future health problems. I hadn't thought about that. Wow. Uh, Is that true? Can you get that? I don't know. Uh, skeptical. Yeah, I don't know if I believe that either. Crush it up, add a little baking soda, and see, sell it to the showdown. No, I'm not going to do that. Uh, um, but so, a bunch of different people said, put it in a, a, a can or a bottle of Coca-Cola. I had a bunch of people suggest oh, that boy. last week. <laughs> My friends put uh, a tooth in a Coca-Cola, and within, now I had somebody last week say a day. This person says in two weeks. It completely dissolved. Huh. I actually thought of doing that, but then I thought, you know, I will technically have body parts dissolving in acid. <laughs> And I'm not sure if I want that label. Your children's body parts. Oh, that's <laughs> Oh, that's Jack, great. the guy with body parts dissolving in acid? Yeah, that's him. A Mother's Day necklace. No. <laughs> Wear them as a necklace and tell people they're... No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> wow. I see where you're going there. Yeah. So just, How about you keep all their, their old teeth and, and their old hair as well and the skin cells they shed? And when they're old and surly, you can reassemble them as cute little kids. <laughs> That's a good idea. No. <laughs> when they're old and surly. What's coming up in your news, Marsha Phillips? Well, we've got the world weighing in on the Iran-U.S. tensions. Now, a lot of countries uh, uh, adding their voices. John Stewart's battling with Mitch McConnell. I don't know if you heard about this latest twist. And <laughs> celebrity political endorsements. Do they really do no, any good? No, no, they don't. It's, it's no, well known. We, we can save you that trouble, Marshall, <laughs> doing that story. <laughs> They don't do anything. Neither do whirly political endorsements of any kind. Do nothing. They make me roll my eyes. Right, Marsh- That's something, huh? Mar- Marshall's News next. Armstrong and Getty. Apparently, Thailand had a fake George Clooney running around, but they did catch him, so that's good. <sighs> wow. <laughs> Feel free to walk the streets now, Thailand. <laughs> after after six years on the run, and that's a pretty good run. That's a pretty good run of <laughs> pretending to be George Clooney. You know what, uh, officer? I'll take what's coming to me. I've had a good run. <laughs> after six years on the run, an Italian man accused of impersonating actor George Clooney has been caught. <laughs> they used drone drones and police cars and everything else to catch him. He was. Selling clothes and memorabilia and stuff like that. Mm. It's just funny. Do you think he was the one to originate that idea, or did people confuse him for George Clooney and he just kind of went with it and it it just got away from him? I don't know. <laughs> but he is he's under control, so Thailand's safe now from fake George Clooney's. If if it became clear to me, I looked exactly like some movie star or big time celeb or maybe giant tech leader. Um. I would absolutely constantly show up to, like, posh Beverly Hills hotels. I would have my assistant call five minutes before and say, uh, Mr. George Clooney is going to be there in just a moment or two. He's asked uh, to keep a low profile. If you could just escort him right to the back of the dining room, that would be great if you don't mind. A friend of mine who looked a lot like Jay Leno... 
He was at a Jimmy Buffett concert, and he had a ball cap on pulled down. And they said, oh, Mr. Leno, we're so glad you're here. Yes. Let us take you up front. And right. they took him all the way up to the front row right. of the Buffett concert because he looked like Jay Leno. Well, and told- he just kept his head down. And he goes, I've told- <laughs> you see this in the paper? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to change the name if you've uh, just, uh, you know, because I haven't gotten permission to use the story on the air. But it was one of the cleverest things a buddy of mine ever did. It's hilarious. They're there uh, on a, a big golf trip and went to go have rest uh, dinner at this really nice restaurant at this club, and uh, they said, "Oh, I'm sorry, we're uh, we're closed for a private event." And my one buddy gestures at my other buddy, who's a middle aged guy, kind of distinguished looking. He says, uh, "Oh boy, uh, we have Senator Johnson here, and um, ooh, he'd planned on eating here at the club." And the gallop front says, uh, "Give me just a moment." She goes back, tells the manager, "There's a United States senator out front." I know this guy. He's a good guy, but he's not a senator. And, uh, and they come back, uh, Senator Johnson, if you could follow us, please. And they set him up at the wow. best table. Yeah. Best ad lib ever. Would there be a crime there? Are you defrauding an innkeeper or anything? Uh, impersonating a senator? <laughs> and awesome a crime? I, it shouldn't be. Suggesting your friend's a politician is really half an insult. So. Yeah. Being awesome isn't a crime. News now with Marsha Phillips. As the U.S. gets ready to send another thousand troops to the Middle East to bolster surveillance and intelligence gathering in the area, the world is weighing in. you got China's top diplomat warning the United States against opening a Pandora's box after the recent flare-up in tension between Washington and Tehran. German's Chancellor Angela Merkel says her country is taking very seriously the new U.S. information about Iran's alleged responsibility for attacks last week on two oil tankers near the Persian Gulf. But Japan, whose tanker was one of those attacked, says they're not still totally convinced Iran was behind the action. So now the world is watching and waiting. It was clearly Iran, and I guess the rest of the world, because the rest of the world does a lot of business with Iran, even though we're trying to encourage them to stop. And they want to say, well, we're not sure, so we're going to continue to uh, sell them stuff. Yeah, it's a little like our mealy mouth treatment of the Chinese compared to our treatment of the Soviets back in the day. There's a lot of money being made. So you just you want to handle things carefully. Who among us hasn't had a business relationship with a problematic client? Or a customer, or a supplier, and you kind of you, you soft pedal the bad stuff and just hope business continues. That's what Europe, what Europe is doing clearly in Japan as well. John Stewart has a response to comments Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell made about him. The Kentucky Republican told Fox News he didn't know why Stewart was so upset over the September 11th Victim Compensation Fund. We have never failed to, to address this issue, and we will address it again. I don't know why he's all been out of shape, but we, we will take care of the 9-11 Victims Compensation Fund. Stewart shot back on Monday night's Late Show with Stephen Colbert going after McConnell, accusing him of... You love the 9-11 community when they serve your political purposes. But when they're in urgent need, you slow walk, you dither, you use it as a political pawn to get other things you want, and you don't get the job done completely. And your answer to that charge is, yeah, duh. Well, I yeah, I kind of say yeah, duh, too. I mean, I, I understand why John Stewart's mad. I'm mad that it works that way. But it does work that way. Always has, always will. And the other I, way- hate, I hate that it does. But it is the way they work it. If it's really important... Then they then they use it even more. 
as a political pawn because right. it's so important. They know there's no way people can vote against this. So I'm going to put this in this bill that has crap in it, and they'll have to vote for it because they can't not vote for it. Exactly. That yeah. happens all the time. It disgusts me, but that is the way it works. But good for John Stewart calling Mitch sure. McConnell out sure. on him. He's petitioning the government for the redress of his grievances. Surely we're in favor of that still. Unless it involves hate speech. This information just coming in now turns out there are nine. A New Jersey man, the latest American tourist to die in the Dominican Republic. That's quite a few. Has this always been going on and it's just like piling on now? I mean, it's become a thing. The news media became aware of it. I doubt it. I mean, I've known a handful of people who've gone to the Dominican Republic. Did they drop dead? No, is the thing. Mm. Um, so, yeah, this is very odd. But nine in what? Do we have a sense of what time period? Nine in about the last couple of months, I believe. That hasn't been very long. That's nutty. That's Re- not right. Relatives say that 55-year-old Joseph Allen was uh, celebrating a friend's birthday last week. His brother said Allen didn't feel too well Wednesday night. He was found dead by the maid in his room the next morning. There is something, well, this is obvious, something funky going on. It reminds me very much of when a bunch of uh, conventioneers started dropping dead. Was that the 70s? Yeah. Uh, of uh, they called it Legionnaires' disease because the, I think it was the American Legion yes. was holding a big Correct. meeting at this hotel complex. It turned out to be bacteria in the uh, air conditioning system water, and the air conditioning system was functioning as a giant disease atomizer, right. spraying it around into people's lungs. And I just wonder, if there's something similar to that going on in the Dominican Republic. One last note, which and- has some lovely scenery and some fine uh, bars and golf courses. But it's not exactly, you know, super, super modern. One last note, as Armstrong and Getty have pointed out many times before, political candidates may view it as a coup to get a celebrity to endorse them, but a new poll's found those kind of endorsements don't really matter much to voters. In a Hill-Harris survey, two-thirds of voters, 65%, said celebrity endorsements don't defect who they decide to vote for. And the other, most of the other third are lying. And if, if they do matter to you, please don't vote. Yeah, you're, you're far different. too dumb to vote. We have been saying for years, just because it's true, endorsements don't matter. But another stupid thing the media covers is when somebody gets endorsed. Oh, Senator Johnson has been endorsed by... No, it makes no difference, but the media will talk about it all day long. Is that that doesn't same, mean I have to talk about it? Is that that same senator Johnson? Same, sen- who same got, senator who got the table at the yeah, restaurant? Okay. Oh yeah, all right. Yeah. He gets around to yeah, tell he you. He has senator my Johnson. full, yeah. my full throated endorsement. <laughs> That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. Yeah, I'm starting Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. The only time endorsements matter to me is sometimes in local races. Where you got a handful of people running oh, and you haven't that. spent yeah. a lot of time. No, I could absolutely believe but that. But you see the sheriff who you think's a great guy saying, yeah, he's my... Uh, yes, but these yeah. presidential candidates, no. no oh, it makes please. no difference whatsoever. No, none. Um, Some idiot Congress guy. Or newspaper <laughs> endorsements, any of those endorsements. None of them make any difference. No. Keep that in mind as you hear people discuss that. I have a depressing text about the homeless situation, if you want to be depressed coming up. Yeah. But on the upside... A bunch of the late-night comedians did take on the topic of O.J. on Twitter, okay. which has got to be funny, doesn't it? Yes. Who's involved in the late-night joke-off? Uh, Myers. Myers is always funny. Kimmel and Fallon, I believe. It's got to be funny. It's got to be. Anyway, that's on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty.
The Armstrong and Getty Show. If you get the next hour, and we're on a lot of different radio stations, thank God, and uh, different radio stations do it different ways. Some of you are listening to us live. Some radio stations like run the first hour and the third hour and leave out the second and the fourth or whatever. I don't know. Is but... anybody listening to us in the future? Probably on the podcast, yeah. Mm. Or on some radio stations, yeah, we're, we're aired at different wow. times. So That's crazy. Man, blowing my mind. Oh, it just occurred you to me. You won't after... even know that President Trump has resigned. You will have already known that by the time. What? Hmm, what now? Because huh? we're on in the future. Wait a this minute. This has already happened. No, that wouldn't work. It's backwards. us who don't know. It's we that don't. We Whoa, don't know. Yeah. We're living in the past, man. <laughs> so you're listening to a show where we're not even talking about that. <laughs> I'm chagrined. I think some people are ahead of us. Yeah. Thank no, you, Brittany. That was Brittany Spears and her husband discussing time travel. But the reason I brought that As up only is only two stoned Louisianans can. We have George Will next hour in actual real-life chronological order. Yes. Uh, a conservative columnist. He's got a new book out about conservatism, and we're going to talk to him a little bit about that. should be pretty interesting. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. How could it not be? Can't wait, yeah. Um, I've got a homeless thing for you that's pretty interesting from somebody who witnesses it and it deals with it on a regular basis. Okay. But maybe first, since it has become such a national story that O.J. Simpson has now got a Twitter account. Oh, boy. What a great idea. For some reason, uh, a bunch of the late night comedians decided to get into that. And it's a little thing we call the late night joke off. I will grade each one of these jokes and the bottom grade getter will be banned from comedy for life. Let's hear them. But it's crazy. OJ made a Twitter account. He's already got over 600,000 followers. It's more followers than when he was driving the white Bronco. Uh, like... Heisman trophy killer OJ Simpson is on Twitter now. <laughs> He posted some videos and wrote, thanks to all my new followers. Love learning how to use Twitter. <laughs> he's only been on Twitter for like four days. or He's already got almost 700,000 followers. The last time OJ had this many people following him, he was on the 405 heading to the Mexican border. OJ Simpson joined Twitter this weekend. And I know, I know this is the wrong take, but he looks terrific. I mean, <laughs> dude, 71, what's your secret? I mean your other secret. <laughs> wow. Wow. You know, I'm going to go good. in reverse order. Myers with a solid A. Right. Great delivery and originality. Kimmel with a solid B because he formed the joke much better. Same joke as Fallon, who got a C-. minus. But Fallon makes jokes as if he's doing it for fourth graders. On purpose, because Jay Leno stayed number one for years doing that. Yes. Keep it dumb. Yeah, that, that was Myers a solid joke. It. Myers was hilarious. That was solid. <laughs> the first two, though, are an example of what Conan O'Brien, when he finally uh, wrapped up his lawsuit recently, he wrote about in the New York Post about how lots of people come up with the same joke at the same time. You mm-hmm. can't just assume always that <laughs> that if I do a joke or anybody does a joke, that it was stolen. Sure. If you, if you did it first, and there's a perfect example. They, they had the same joke. Kimmel's wording was much better. Um, we got this text. I work in security, and every day I deal with transients. Recently, I met a mother looking for her son. She described him, and I knew who he was. I helped her find him, and she said she'd take him, his girlfriend, and their dog in. He declined, saying she had too many rules. Later, the two were shooting up in my parking lot and are presently passed out right in front of me in the same parking lot. Mm. I was watching CNN in the lunchroom, and they were talking about Los Angeles and Skid Row and the tens of thousands of bums. 
And uh, one of the cops was saying, you know, it's really, really hard to get a lot of these people off the street. They like the tent lifestyle. They like the independence. They don't want to follow the rules. They like doing drugs when and if. They got friends living around them. They like it. Well, here's something you might not have considered if you're uh, the super compassionate uh, type and wanted to make it as pleasant as possible to be homeless. If you make it pleasant enough, <laughs> the people will just keep doing it. Yes. If there is a, 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 if there's no, if you either have a bathroom or no sanction for for using the bathroom outside, uh, if you provide enough food, if you provide a little bit of shelter, okay. I guess I'll just stay this way. This is kind of fun. I'm having a right. good time. Plus impunity for drug use, vagrancy, public drunkenness, whatever. And then throw in if you're extra extra stupid. Like a San Francisco or a Seattle, decriminalize property crime. Make the penalties so light or so infrequent that people can steal. Steal from stores, steal from houses, sneak into garages, that sort of thing. Decriminalize you know, negative behaviors and you'll really, really get a, a utopia. Please don't be the sort of, don't give money to beggars. Don't do that. That's just moronic. All right? Yeah. Even the police... In your leftiest cities in America, say that's a bad idea. Right. I see it all the time. Who and the are... mayors, like yeah, even freaking Gavin Newsom, he's probably changed his mind because he's gone communist. But <laughs> who are you people yeah. that stop at the the intersection and give some money to the beggar? What are you doing? Please stop. You're you're looking for your own approval. You're trying to elevate yourself. It's a selfish act. You want to appear generous. Now, we occasionally will bring this up, and somebody will text or email. You can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com, by the way, anytime, or text 415-295-KFTC. But we'll have people say, no, no, I know they're a junkie. I just, you know, figure, yeah, it's a rough life being a junkie. Here's a couple of bucks. Now, if you're that clear-eyed about it, well, I congratulate you on your realism anyway. A Christchurch, New Zealand businessman who shared a video of... People being shot at that mosque. You remember that horrible, horrible story? He shared a video online and was sentenced to almost two years in prison. He had earlier pleaded guilty to two counts of distributing the video, which was live-streamed on Facebook by the gunman. I'd forgotten it was 51. Holy yeah. cow. Yeah. Well, wow. Um. Anyway, this, this, this idiot, idiot, when asked about the video, said it was awesome. I guess just for being a jerk, he got to, sentenced to 21 months. The specific, uh, the specific wording of what the judge says uh, of um, encouraging mass murder and offending and glorifying the the murder. Okay, is that a crime in New Zealand? Yeah, so what's unclear to me is if it was the act of sharing it is what was glorifying it, or was it the messaging that he was attaching to it? Yeah, which was the oh look at isn't this great? Well, your British Commonwealth countries are uh, way, way, way on the wrong side of free speech questions, and they're getting really enthusiastic about punishing anybody who says anything that is uh, racially insensitive or what have you. And I have a feeling you ran afoul of those laws. Uh, Britain's gone nuts on that stuff. They're just they're dealing with something that's. Uh, going to be extremely difficult already is and will continue to be and that's grafting millions of people from a completely different culture into your country and trying to 
you know, hang together and not have violence and hatred and your suburbs burning like Paris had and that sort of thing. Um, and so they're trying to bend over backward to be accommodating and welcoming and the rest of it. But it's quite the experiment. My son is in robot camp this week. I've never been more jealous. Which sounds pretty cool. It sounds extremely cool. I have... Uh, you got to get through that and get at least a B to graduate into death bot camp. <laughs> I have spoke somewhat negatively of the camp lifestyle over the years, and I still mostly feel that way. And I've got some guilt about this one because he was all excited about getting out of school last week. And the last day of school. And, you know, now I got the whole summer ahead of me. And now I got him in a camp where he's there from 9 to 2 every day this week. Which, you know, while it is very cool and very fun, mm-hmm. it is a place you got to be all day long, not at home, doing whatever the hell you want. So, I don't know how you win on this yeah, situation. nine to two's not crazy, though. But anyway. It's almost exactly as what his school day was. Mm. Um, but it's robot camp, which does sound really cool. It's pretty expensive, but I'm going to be interested to see how it turns out on Friday. Does he get to bring home a robot? You know why the hours of these camps, are a lot of them are the hours that they are. It's because people use them as childcare. Sure. They, they don't want their kid to be home all summer long. I right. do want my kid to be home all summer long, um, which, you know, you can do what you want, but that's what I want to do. Uh, uh, but, yeah, they, they work on a robot all week long, and then on Friday, I get to go in and see what the robot can do. There's some sort of display for the parents. I really nice. look forward to that. Nice. I hope it's going to be like that Boston Dynamics one that can <laughs> jump up and down and do somersaults and lift boxes and that sort of thing. <laughs> I'm hoping some sort of Rube Goldberg machine where you, you put a marble at the top of a ramp and at the end of it you got a fried egg. It better not just creep along a couple inches than turn around. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm expecting more than that. I'm picturing the thing creeps along a little bit, turns a little bit, raises its arm up. And then you notice there's a cat about 30 yards away, and the thing just vaporizes it <laughs> with a laser. Wow! Wow, you, son! You completely vaporized that cat. That's amazing, son. <laughs> what part did you do? Time well spent. We're going to talk to George Will about his new book about uh, conservatism. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty.